Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we talk about how you and your organization can take your next step in your leadership journey. Let's get to it. This is Carly, and welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. So we get a lot of questions sent to us about a whole lot of topics, but one of the most consistent questions we get is about starting or restarting something new. So lots of people have dreams and passions to start new ministries or businesses, and almost all of us have experienced situations where we have to do a reboot to something we've already started. So that's the topic of today's episode, how to start or restart in your life. So first up, Perry, why don't you catch our audience up on where you've had to experience starting new ventures? Well, in 1999, I knew that the Lord wanted me to start a church, and so I was able to get a core group of about 15 people, and we met in a living room for several months, and we were able to launch a church. We had our first service in January 16th of 2000. Um, in a place we called New Spring Church. And over the next 15 to 16 years, I had the opportunity of seeing that grow um, to over 17 campuses, had a staff of over 400 and a budget of over 62 million. So we were able, needless to say, it did a lot better than we initially thought it was going to. Um, fast forward to November of last year. So we're coming up on a year. Um, I started a business called The Growth Company. And it's where I'm doing consulting with churches and businesses on how to really develop culture, how to plan for churches, how to plan weekend services um, for businesses. We talk about websites, social media, advertising, um, marketing. I mean, there's all sorts of things that we're doing here at the growth company. Um, And so I've had the opportunity to start a church in 1999 and then start the growth company in the fall of 2016. Yeah. So in your mind and your experience, um, where should a person begin when they want to start something new? Like what's their first step? You got to have your customer in mind. And that's true in church world and in business world. Now, there's a lot of church leaders out there, I'm sure, that um, are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good, and they're like, well, you got to start with God. And yes, that's the, he is the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. I get that. I believe all of that. Um, But when it comes to what your church or your business is going to do, you got to start with your customer. Now, going to church world, a lot of people in church world say, well, we just want to reach everybody. Well, amen and yes, but like who is, you got to narrow that demographic down because if you aim at everybody, you'll eventually reach nobody. You got to have somebody in mind. Who is that person when you close your eyes you see them walking into your church and sitting down. What are they watching on television? Um, what are they listening to on on you know iTunes or Spotify? What are what movies are they going to see? What income bracket are they in? I mean, getting as specific as possible is going to help when we're trying to learn to speak their language. And the same thing is true in business. Who is your customer? Who is it that you're trying to reach. So for example, um, my friend Joe Sangle with I, I Was Broke Now I'm Not reaches 
broke people. Um, Weight Watchers reaches people that want to watch their weight go down, right? (laughs) Um, Walmart wants to reach homeless people. Um, I mean, I just, I just can't, I don't know. It's just crazy. That's the way I feel when I go into Walmart as homeless. But you got to know who you're trying to reach. That is, that it all begins with your customer, period. Yeah, that makes sense. So for you, what did the process look like regarding turning a dream or a vision into a reality? Well, you got to be able to articulate why you're doing this to people. Um, and that is huge because a lot of times we can, as leaders, tell people what we want to do. And where I fell short for years is I would tell people, this is what I want to do, this is what I want to do, this is what I want to do. I would walk out of that meeting and they kind of looked glassy-eyed and I would be like, oh my gosh, what's their problem? And it wasn't actually their problem, it was my problem because I didn't take time to actually pause and explain this is why we want to do it. This is what we want to do, but this is why we want to do it. And until people fully understand the why, they won't buy into the what. Like going back to when I started the church, um, I would say, hey, we're going to start a church, we're going to start a church, we're going to start a church. And people were asking me this question, well, why are you going to start a church? There's like 450 churches in Anderson County, and why are you starting another one? Because I had to drive past 17 to get to yours, and so I don't understand. And so when I finally understood what they were asking, I was like, oh, the reason why is because we really want to start a church for this type of person or these type of people. And that's when I saw the light bulbs go off. It wasn't when I you know, banged my hand on the desk and declared what I was going to do. It's when I actually paused and slowed down to explain why I wanted to do it. Yeah, that's really good. And I think it's worth considering that you know, some things don't always go as planned. So how do you navigate failures and setbacks when launching into something new? Well, you know, you always heard the phrase, you know, quitters never win. You know, quitters never win, quitters never win, quitters never win. Um, I don't think that's true. I, I think that sometimes we have to quit some things. Like if we're doing something and it's not working, we should we should quit doing that. Like, um, you know, if, if, we're, if we've implemented a program and the program doesn't work, we should quit that program. If, um, it's, it's like if Starbucks, let's say Starbucks. Starbucks is known for what? They're known for serving? Coffee. Coffee. So let's say that Starbucks got into, not only were they serving coffee, but they were also changing your tires. Um, and yeah, yeah, which in some, in some Starbucks drive throughs you could get your tires changed while you're waiting on your coffee drink because it true. takes that freaking long. But I digress. So 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 let's say their tire changing business wasn't going as well. They should probably quit that right. and stick to serving coffee. It it's kind of like you should you should be very aware of what you're good at and what you're not good at, and then focus on what you're good at. And if you're not good at it. Don't try to become an ex- expert at it. That that would be my advice. So so when things don't go as planned, stop, evaluate, and say, hey, is there something else we need to start doing, and is there something we need to stop doing? 
Those two things are enormous when it comes to starting and restarting. Yeah, I love that because it's so practical. Um, But what are some lessons, I guess, that you've learned from starting a church that you've now applied to starting a company? Well, first of all is you, you get what you plan for. And, and so when it comes to the company or when it comes to a church, a lot of times, um, and we've, we've, I, it kind of seems like I've been on this soapbox lately um, about planning, planning, planning. And I know things don't always go according to plan, but that's not an excuse to not plan. Um, but because things don't always go according to plan sometimes because a lot of people don't take the time to plan. Um, and so that's one of the things I learned as a church is we were very meticulous in planning events, planning sermons, planning series, planning um, how we wanted people to feel when they walked in versus how we wanted them to feel when they walked out. I mean, we were very meticulous because the thing I've discovered about anything that's great is nothing becomes great by accident. You look at any company, you look at any organization, it's because they plan. For example, um, in business world, um, this is going to date this podcast a little bit, but that's fine. Uh, recently, we just saw Apple announce their brand new iPhone, which is going to start at $1,000. $1,000 for an iPhone X, which I'm just saying, if anybody's wondering what to get me for Christmas, um, but $1,000. Now, here's the deal. They didn't just um, throw a bunch of electrical components in a dryer, cut it on, and then say, man, if we let this dryer run long enough, we'll eventually get an iPhone. No, there's a lot of planning. There's a lot of detail. They thought about the product. They thought about what's going to make it special. They thought about how they're going to market it. All of that stuff is because of a well-executed plan. And because of that, there are people that are actually going to spend $1,000 to get a phone, even though their current phone works perfectly fine. Um, but it's, once again, that's because Apple marketed to us, and it's all it all comes down to their plan and their execution. Yeah, so on the flip side, what are some things that you've done differently in starting this business and how they turned out so far? Well, in in starting the business, I mean, some things are different simply because of timing. Like in the year two, or in the year 1999, um, when we first started the church, we didn't even have a website. Um, and, and it wasn't because the internet wasn't out. It was out. It was just everybody was on a dial-up modem, which you don't even probably know what that is. Um so, so, so we didn't have a website. So starting this business, of course, we had a website back in 1999. We communicated with carrier pigeons. Today, we communicate with cell phones. I'm just kidding about the carrier pigeon thing. But so some things have naturally been different simply because of timing. Social media changed the game. We didn't. I mean, MySpace wasn't even out in 1999. My gosh. Um, so, so social media changed the game. So where you used to have to work super, super, super hard to get your message out there. When, when we first started the church, you had to, you know, um, there were a lot of people that did television ads, newspaper ads, radio ads. And I'm not saying those things aren't effective anymore. I'm just saying that social media leveraged the playing field. In fact, we probably need to do an entire podcast in the future 
just on how to leverage social media for your business and your church because that's one of the things that we've really leaned into heavily in starting this particular business is social media has helped us to connect, stay connected, and even reconnect with customers and clients that we've had in order that we may serve them better. So I guess the thing that the, the major thing that happened between starting the, the church and starting the business has been a mind, shi- mind shift for me. And I'll, it sounded like I cussed right there, didn't it? But we're not going to edit that out because I did not. I said mind shift. And if you heard anything else, you've got a dirty mind. I can't even believe you're listening to this podcast. You should pull over right now or hop off your treadmill and repent. Mind shift. S H I. F-T. There's been a mind shift. Why are you laughing so hard right now? Why are you laughing so hard right now? You know you, that once I start, I can't stop. There's been a mind shift in how small the world's become. Because in 1999, I mean, my gosh, we had a pretty limited communication circle. And today, you can communicate with people all over the world with one picture on Instagram or one tweet or one... Um, whatever is going to be popular next on social media. Yeah, so to wrap it up, what would you say are the top two to three lessons you've learned in starting a church and now the growth company? I would say, number one, it who you have around you is really important. In fact, I wrote this down on my iPhone this morning. This is an iPhone 7. Um, I will not be getting an iPhone 10 unless a loyal listener purchases one for me. But I think these three questions, and as I was thinking about this this morning, these three questions are huge um, when it comes to starting any church or any business. And it all comes down to who you have around you. So number one, um, who can I really trust? And when it comes to people who are going to work with you or work for you, doesn't matter. You've got to you got to figure out, can I really trust this person? And when I say trust them, I mean, they, they, they're going to know about you. Um, I mean, you would, you would drop your kids off at their house. I mean, that's how much you, you trust them. Number two, who knows me and loves me anyway? Because a lot of times, especially 20, 30 years ago, it was real easy to hide all of our shadow sides, all of our dark, um, so, I mean, we, we could say, hey, you know, I can keep this hidden. But now because of social media and how small the world is, we can't hide that anymore. So really figuring out who knows me and loves me anyway. And number three, who speaks to me out of love and not simply a desire to be right. Mm, that's good. Let me say that again. Who speaks to me out of love and not simply a desire to be right? Because we all know people who speak to us, but when they speak to us, it's not because they love us. It's because they want us to admit that we're wrong and they are right. So at the end of the day, who do we have in our life that will speak to us, but the, the motives of their heart are completely pure? And, and because of that, we can trust them. We know that they're not just trying to be right. We know that their goal is to actually help us along in the journey. So those are the, so that, that's, I would say you, the original question was, what's the two or three um, lessons you've learned, it actually boils down to that one lesson is who you have around you, who you have around you will determine the level of your success. And so who you bring on staff, who you bring on as a volunteer matters more than just about anything else in the world. 
That's good. Thanks, Perry. Well, that's it for this episode. Make sure you look out for next month's episode. Signing off from the man who makes it run and the girl who makes it fun. Thank you for listening to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We hope you had a blast spending time with us. For more thoughts on leadership, visit Perry's blog at perrynoble.com.